This is New Home Insights, the John Burns Real Estate Consulting Podcast. I'll be your host, Dean Worley. As the title promises, we're going to bring you insights into everything housing, the latest trends, innovations, observations, and issues of the day. We'll bring in colleagues here at John Burns and also some major industry players from all across the country. This podcast is going to be quick, fun, but also hopefully make you think. So see you here every couple of weeks. Now let's get to it. Welcome to New Home Insights by John Burns Consulting. I'm your host, Dean Worley. Today, I have an extremely special guest, Will Duderstadt from MI Homes. Will, please say hi. Hello. Thank you, Dean. That's a heck of an introduction. Let me tell you. <laughs> I, well, let me tell you, uh, the folks, something about you before we tell them about the topic. You work for MI Homes in Columbus, Ohio, but you are actually one of the nation's leading builders of, of single family homes. I'll be honest with you, you're bigger than I thought I realized. You've delivered over 100,000 homes and you oversee all of these social media and internet outreach in for 16 divisions in 11 states. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. That's a bigger footprint than I, than I thought. Man, I'm impressed when you say it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you should be. It's uh, so, and, and you're mostly in kind of the Midwest, the South. Am I right? Yeah, we stretch out to Texas, up to Minnesota, down to Florida, and it's uh, you know a blessing to me that we're only in two time zones. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's a, it's a nice density across those two. Okay. And as you might have guessed from uh, Will's kind of CV and what he does for MI Homes, we are today going to talk about social media, specifically kind oh, of social I media. We we're going to talk about billboards. We could do that too. <laughs> <laughs> old, old fashioned. We're going to talk about old media that no one uses or cares about anymore. That'd be a good podcast. You know, we'll do that next podcast. But social media outreach and specifically kind of how you get the attention of the younger potential Ooh. home buyers. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, you know who we're talking about. Right. The yes. M word, I think. <laughs> well, younger's um, relative, right? Yes. Uh, yes. So it's unfair to put young on a, on a single generation or, or even a, a single cohort because uh, it, it, all, it all really depends on who you've traditionally been marketing to. And, and younger might mean that you're now starting to, to sell to people that are in their 30s, which may not qualify as traditional millennials. Well, okay. That's a good question then. Uh, so when you, when you think of, of outreach to younger and a, a potential home buyers. What are you thinking? Are you thinking twenties and thirties or not that young or, you know, I, I, I kind of use that terrible cliche where you're only as old as you feel. Yeah. And it's probably more about traits that a, that mm. a younger mindset might have regardless of whether they are 20, 30 or 40. Okay. I'll, I'll be honest. I know plenty of guys and gals in their, in their forties and fifties that are just as air quote hip as you know, those that are in their in their twenty fives, which means they're consuming similar media as somebody in their in their twenties, yeah. and they're really reacting with it uh, in a way that's very similar to someone in their twenties. So, you know, it is cliche, but it's certainly a mindset, and uh, that uh, that that can be a challenge, I think, for a lot of marketers to understand what are those traits and think about these people as complex individuals rather than just you know, a drop down on the Facebook ad interface that they want to target. Yeah, that's a good point because it does make that target, those targeted buyers or that pool of potential buyers much more diverse than we might think. I mean, you don't have to be 24 to listen to 21 Pilots. I chose a band from Columbus, by the way. I did that on purpose. And, and, you know, go to raves and stuff like that. Somebody's in their 50s doing that stuff or or just in, in this case specifically, you know, they're attending to Facebook and whatever, Twitter, et cetera. Right. 
Right. So here, here, here's a really interesting one. You know, a, a lot of people will will put this solely on the shoulders of millennials, but there's there's a certain uh, draw today for uh, consumers to want to interact with businesses that are local, that have handcrafted uh, kind of products or, or bespoke services that typically have a story behind them. And uh, I'm not a millennial, and I enjoy the heck out of that, yeah. right? Uh, I want to understand what it took to make a particular thing. And that's firmly in the mind of that consumer. Um, like I said earlier, someone in their 50s can appreciate that just as much as somebody in their 20s. But that really needs to inform the kind of content that you're going to create, which platform you'll distribute it on, I'm sure we'll talk about. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, how you choose to tell that story and how you want to highlight that uh, is really the goal. Let's start with platforms then. Let's start with sort of yeah. what are those key social media right now that you reach those – well. That you, I guess, I guess you know we can we can twist this. It. Not really talking about just potential uh, younger potential home buyers, but home buyers in terms of social right. media. What are what are the key right. ones? I mean, we think we know them, but what are they really? Well, you know, you could look at it a couple of ways, and and this will probably sound like a politician's answer, yeah. but uh, where where is your audience, right? And, and and so many marketers will will immediately jump to. You know, Facebook has the best cost per lead or, or Twitter has the highest engagement. Instagram's great for photos. But all that's really irrelevant if your target customer isn't spending time on those platforms. Yeah. So you really got to invest some, some time and do some legwork and talk to people and focus group. And where are they spending time? Um, the answer is probably going to be one of those three, yeah. right? Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Those are going to be the most popular. Um I hate to crush anybody who's <laughs> listening to hopes and dreams of becoming a Snapchat marketer because that's probably not right for home builders at this point. MySpace uh, is already like, over it, I think. Well, they, they've right, gone through the right. 12 stages. Yeah. But, but to your point, if you think about this purely as an age play, well, then you're probably going to go try and run ads on Fortnite hmm. because that's where younger people are, right? But is that where they're consuming information or is that where they yeah. expect to receive advertisements or sponsored content about things not immediately related to what they're there to do in that app? Okay. Uh, I, I, I favor the top three, yeah. right? Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I think as home builders, we have content that's really portable to all three. And maybe I'm lucky, but my audience is certainly on all three of those platforms. Oh, that's good. That's good. Are you on though? Any, I mean, how those have been the kind of the big three for a little while now, but in, in, you know, the new tech world, things can change amazingly rapidly. Again, let's, let's all remember right. MySpace and pour some of our 40 onto the ground, but uh, you know, <laughs> do they, are you just on the lookout for what's hottest and what might be changing? I mean, Instagram seems like it very quickly became bigger than Facebook, you know, just in a, in a very short time. Well, I mean, that's that's clearly a job of a digital marketer is to always at least be aware of what's happening, um, to go out and test it, give it a run, and, and see if it has any business applications. At the same time, uh, you can't jump on too quickly, and you got to be ready to, to let go. Yeah. So, for example, I keep a folder on my iPhone of apps, and I call it my social graveyard. <laughs> and I put all the stuff there that just doesn't make sense to be using anymore, but I keep them as a reminder that there are dozens, if not hundreds, of attempts 
to get in front of a marketer and come up with the greatest new version of Facebook yeah. or Instagram. And the vast majority are going to fail. Yeah. yeah. I, that, that makes sense. Are there any others besides the big three that, that are at all worth it or that you spend any time with besides those big three? Yeah. You know, my, my second tier there would be uh, Pinterest mm-hmm. and House, which, you know, have Instagram-like qualities, but have, I think, a different intent uh, where somebody could consume Instagram content and then probably take a natural next step, like calling me or submitting a lead. Uh, Hal's and Pinterest are more aspirational. So it's an opportunity to get in front of somebody before they're even thinking about moving, right? They're just dreaming. And when it is time to move, hopefully we're still in their idea book or on their pin board and they circle back and say, you know, I like what they did three years ago. They might be worth checking out as somebody who can build a home for me. And is that like, I'll be honest with you, I don't, I've never been on Pinterest. Um, I don't crochet. So um, I don't scrapbook, <laughs> but but I mean, what are you doing on there? Let me, let me generalize that a little bit. How what how are sure. you connecting with with buyers on these kind of social media? That is, I mean, this literally, what is the message and 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 physically, sort of, I guess, what are you doing? You know, it is the most passive, easiest message to really pull together. Uh, it's my best of real. So we build amazing homes. So many home builders build amazing homes. And we spend a couple bucks, sometimes more than a couple bucks, to take some pretty spectacular photos of them. But we treat them very literally uh, as the thing that they are, right? We attach them to our model home. And then when that model closes, we just destroy those photos. But on Pinterest, they can really be, uh, you know, setting a tone for what our overall style might be or what kind of uh, home exteriors we like to build. It becomes probably almost like a gateway drug, right? Fall in love with all these things that we've ever done. And yeah, we might not do that exact thing again, but I'm willing to bet my quality is going to be the same as it was two years ago. So it gives you a chance to kind of let them know what kind of builder you are, what, what the, you typically, your homes are typically going to look like, what you almost like what your ethos is. Is that fair? Yep. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think a lot of home builders also, go out of their way to have at least one wow feature in many of their model homes. You know, the, the goal is to stand out as you're touring a bunch of different home builders. You want to be memorable for that one thing, right? It might be quirky. You put a weird material on the wall or the ceiling, or you have a very ornate uh, uh, piece of furniture in that particular model. This is doing the same exact thing, right? Take that photo of that, that wow item and get it online. The, the most, uh, again, I'm air quoting, the most viral photo that MI has on Pinterest, actually it might be on house, not certain, uh, it's on over 10,000 idea boards and you would have never looked at that photo and said 10,000 people are going to fall in love with it, but it's a real stately, classy room that has drapes that must be 22 feet tall and people are just wowed by it. And they aspire to live there someday. So they're putting it to their their idea board so they can keep looking at that and they can use it to inform their personal style. And, and you know, I, I guess is the, I think you used the word a minute ago, the story. I mean, is that yeah. what you're trying to do? You're trying to get your story out in your messaging? I think so. You know, it's it's hard to stand out as a home builder with a, with a convincing story about the product. We all have origin stories. 
how our building company came to be, the yeah. principles that were built upon, but trying to trying to at least romance the product itself is a place where a lot of builders are challenged. So it's a very visual business. Uh, let's get that out there, right? Let's leverage that. If we have yeah. commentary about why we designed something a certain way or uh, the overall kind of kind of look we were going for in a particular room, that only adds to that story. And, yeah. you know, from, from, from now the demand marketing side or the actual, like, I need leads to sustain, if one out of a hundred of these people click through to our website, uh, there's a litany of things that we're going to continue doing, right? We're going to tag them with a remarketing pixel so we can show them ads over the next 30 days. Mm-hmm. We might get them to, to recognize that we build in their, in their neighborhood or not far from them. So we're, we're bridging those gaps like mini conversion by mini conversion every step of the way. Is there that kind of interaction? Like, like, will you actually be talking, conversing with them essentially on like a Facebook, for instance, and going have a back and forth with with potential buyers? Oh gosh, I hope. I mean, if, if a home builder isn't, yeah. uh, hang up the podcast and, and get to work. You know? <laughs> Don't tell uh, that. Finish the podcast and then go you ahead. Finish and the podcast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the the whole point. I, I mean, it's right there in the name. It's social media. Yeah. So if you're going to attempt to use social media as purely a megaphone. I'm only telling you things and you aren't actually being social, meaning you thank people and you respond to people and you like other people's stuff. Well, then you're not being very social. Okay. Don't, you don't have to name names, but do you see yeah. some builders do that and, and use it as I a. Do. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. It's a megaphone. It is the digital billboard. Yeah. See, I just took a full circle. There you about go. Billboards. So yeah. They're just putting up a message, right? And that's not so going to be it, effective it, with these folks. It's not. No. And, and I, I tell you, you should go do this, but it's hard, right? People are going to respond or comment and they're going to ask you bizarre things like, where did you get that blue vase in the background? Hmm. And I, I don't have a clue, <laughs> right? Uh, but you don't just ignore that. Yeah. You still recognize it. Hey, yeah, you're right. That is an awesome blue vase. Uh, here's, here's a link to several that are similar that I found on Google or our designer is so good that there's probably not another one like it in the world. You know, have fun with that. Just don't ignore people. So there's, so there's a constant give and take You're So you must be attending to these and, and, and staff as well, folks who work with you, uh, just constantly. I mean, especially these days where I, I, 24 seven is probably exaggeration, but certainly not normal quote unquote business hours, I'm guessing. Well, I mean, you're right. Yeah, it goes well outside of business hours, but at the same time, we aren't uh, we aren't Wendy's and we aren't Apple, <laughs> so we, we're not getting millions of mentions. It's uh, it's just as if we were just very popular on on social, okay. right? What I imagine maybe a Kim Kardashian puts up. Yes, <laughs> you're an influencer. You get to, yeah, you need to start yeah. getting some paydays for mentioning some some sponsorship right. stuff going on here. Hey, you know, a payday for us is if someone yeah. falls in love and, and wants to come live in one of our homes. So, so builders actually strikes me and builder building industry is just perfect for Instagram, isn't it? Because you, like you just said a minute ago, it's so we, we, we have ready-made pictures and wonderful pictures to, that are perfect for talking about our product. Think, think about this. Like if you made almost any other product in the yeah. world, if you made iPhones, if you made coffee cups, you'd have to have like a studio photo shoot to get product photography. 
all a home builder really needs to do is go to that model home. And yeah. it is set up to be picture perfect every day of the week. You can, you know, in a skilled hand, take an iPhone X in portrait mode and just about crush any angle of a model home. And you're going to get some pretty impressive Instagram worthy photos. Do you want to blow it up and, and, you know, put it on all sorts of different pieces of signage? Probably not. But yeah, for Instagram, it is spot on. You've never seen my pictures from field work where I take pictures of the models or the other homes. I tend to cut off roofs and show like about a half a mile of the asphalt in front of the home. That's kind of, oh, I'm, I'm not, we're not good. selling curbs. I'm, I'm not good. I'm, I'm, a, bad, <laughs> I'm a horrible photographer. Uh, okay. Let, let's switch a little bit. Does sure. to old media, I'm, I'm doing the air quotes there as well. Yep. Does that work at all? Does it work at all with the younger buyers? Is there, is there still a place for old media? And if so, how much longer, honestly? So what do you, uh, what do you put in your air quotes of old media? I, I mean, honestly, I think the first thing I think of is newspapers. Okay. Uh, if your audience is reading newspapers, yeah. then you probably need to be in the newspaper. Uh, newspapers have changed though, right? Because yeah. you might have that, that 40 to 50 year old buyer who every day of the week is thinking like a, like a millennial, right? They're on social. They want that kind of content. They're consuming content in that way, but maybe they've also migrated away from the New York times, but still want to read something tangible. So it has turned into, you know, some of these underground papers or, or culture kind of papers that exist in, in almost every major city at this point. Again, the content that's in there is all the the style of content we're talking about for social. It's story driven. It's purpose driven. It's it's what drives us as a company. Uh, what matters to us. And if you got to port that over into print every once in a while, I absolutely do think it works. Okay. With the caveat of make sure that your users, your audience, is actually reading that thing before you go and and buy in. Yeah, that that culture magazine or the you know the 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 downtown fill in the name of the city yeah, review yeah. kind of a thing. Okay, exactly. so that's still you're still doing print media. You're still that and that still has an audience there. I believe it does. Okay. Yeah, you know your mileage is going to vary. Depends on the community, depends on the city itself, and it depends on the content because you can't you can't go old school advertorials into these and and say from from the low three hundreds. It has to be emotional and it has mm. to be compelling. Okay. And I imagine it also varies by who your audience is, right? I mean, sometimes it's not just social. It, you, you are This home or this neighborhood is going to have a very specific audience. And right, you, I imagine you would gear your, your media buys to that, to that Absolutely. perceived audience. Absolutely. Yes. And it's funny because you say media buys, and I, I guess I think about that in, in two buckets, you know. Um, helping that local uh, that local media company who chooses print, helping them to generate content might be different than making a true ad buy. Mm. I think of uh, an example we had in, in a community, uh, an MI community, where we felt like we did the, the right thing in a couple instances. We bought an old golf course and we were you know doing what we do. We were building a neighborhood, but we really felt for the people that yesterday were living on a golf course yeah. with golf course views. So we went out and, and made sure we were doing right by each of those neighbors. Mm -hmm. And in one particular instance, there was a, a really large tree that had sentimental value to the homeowner. And we went out of our way not only to, to make sure that it was safe, but if you go to that neighborhood today, the sidewalk takes the craziest loop around this tree that anyone would look at and say, that's the worst engineering job ever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, we, but we did it for the right reasons yeah. now. 
could we advertise that? Yeah. Could we generate content about how we did this thing out of out of kindness for somebody? Absolutely yeah. not, right? That sounds that sounds self-serving and, and kind of sleazy. But can we help some of these news outlets be aware? Yeah. And then let them cover it and give them appropriate access to highlight those things? Absolutely. Okay. So it's kind of like the politician who doesn't say nice things about themselves, but make sure they have folks to say nice things about them. Kind of, yeah, right. kind of, uh, kind of yeah, maybe. that sums it up. <laughs> I mean, I get it. You, are, you don't want to be seen as tooting your own horn. All of it. Yeah. <laughs> present, not yeah. Pre- current, current politics may be accepted for one person who does that a lot. Please. But, uh, <laughs> but in terms of for the, the, the old, old method was always make sure you have lots of people out there saying great things about you. And, it, and nothing has changed, right? We still want a lot of people saying great things. <laughs> Very true. Uh, what kind of, you know, what kind of metrics? I, I, this one always confuses me. Are there metrics oh, yeah. to really understand, yeah, we are reaching the people we want to reach, and we have some kind of quantification of that. Is, is that out there? Man, that is a good one. Uh, everybody, oh, man, especially in the digital space, this, this cracks me up. Uh, everybody wants more likes, Right. You, yeah. you probably want likes on this podcast. Sure. Uh, it feels great. Hint, hint, listeners. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. Everyone, please go like this podcast before I tell you what I'm about to tell you. Uh, <laughs> likes are so meaningless, right? They, they cost nothing to give. They certainly have no value once we receive them. We can't take them over to the bank and pay our mortgage with them. Uh, but it is a nice indication that somebody has enjoyed our content. So many of these social networks, right? Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, they're all really incented to get their users more and more addicted to the platform. And every yeah. time that little, you know, plus one pops up, that's like the dopamine firing off in your brain as a user that like, oh yeah, I go, I got to go back. I need more of these things. I crave it. So I kind of chuckle when, when you look at those top line uh, social metrics, they have so little value, right? They're, they're intended to keep stickiness on the, on the Facebooks of the world. But a good yeah. marketer is going to take a step back and, and use that in the context of, of what their reach was. You know, if you got five likes on a piece of content, but only 10 people even saw that content, that's actually mm. pretty good compared to five likes after a million people saw the content. So using it as kind of a gauge as to what content people are actually responding to, what content people like or enjoy, it really almost becomes the cheapest user research that you could ever do. And then just keep doing the stuff that has a really high engagement rate and stop doing the stuff that has a low one. Is that one? So that's one of your key metrics is sort of that engagement rate rate. And it, it has to be the first step, okay. right? Uh, d- don't get bogged down in, in, in your raw number of likes. Look at that engagement as your top okay. level. Okay. That does make you sense. Know, from, from there, hopefully, hopefully your, your listeners are all very astute marketers. So before they even plan or execute a campaign, they're saying, this is the purpose. This is what I'm aiming for. An awareness campaign has far different you know, needs or KPIs than a lead generation campaign. So you you can wait to define it at the end and just change it to suit whatever the performance was, but that's cheating, right? 
so, so set your mark from the beginning and, and, and make it a game, you know, with, with your coworkers or, or in your office, throw down some bets on, on what you think an engagement rate might be or what you think a click-through rate might be. Huh. And I think that gets people a lot more in tune with what's reasonable, right? Yeah. What's, what's expected for certain pieces of content. And then everyone's got a little bit of skin in the game to make sure that it hits some of those marks that people are, are gambling on. Yeah. And are, are you trying to speak the language? You know, for like, again, if you're going to have to younger buyers, do you use the word bro a lot? Or, or, <laughs> are, you, are you, you know, message specific like that sort of strategically? Certainly, uh, you know, voice has to change as you go across different platforms. Uh, Twitter demands that you say just less overall things, yeah. right, with their character count. I don't know that any home builder should be going down to to bro level or come on bro you know, slice of, slice of za <laughs> <laughs> oh god i hate that one yeah, me too it's yeah. a little off brand but can we get more casual can we get more conversational yeah absolutely and that de- that does need to vary by by social channel yeah but it is interesting that you again coming back to storytelling it does seem like the media when i see it they are more about telling the story uh, of, of who they are and what they're doing, as opposed to, like you said, that, those, that kind of traditional old school, y- we cut this amount off and, you know, come by our home right now kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how's that emotional? Yeah. That's very transactional. That's, yeah. that's a Walmart play, right? <laughs> yeah. You let, still let, see let, that let's... though. I'll be honest. I still see a lot of that. Yeah, I do too. I do too. But I think there's there's reasons why the Teslas and the Apples and the Zappos of the world are so successful because they're telling a story about each individual item. I mean, you can watch you can watch videos about how the the iPad metal frame is being milled out in, in a factory that just blows my mind that could actually exist. It looks like a clean room. You know, and that gets you that gets you pretty darn attached to a physical object before you even buy it, right? Because yeah. you're so enamored with with how precise it's been crafted and 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 how neat it looks. Uh, Zappos does does the same thing, I think, from a content standpoint. I use them all the time as an example. Uh, do you buy shoes online? No, I don't. No, you you got. I, mean, man, I know Zappos. Though, yeah, I've heard of those folks. <laughs> you got to buy shoes online. Sorry. Yeah, I feel bad now, bro. <laughs> It's so free. <laughs> uh, you know, but for every pair of shoes, I'm wearing a pair of shoes I bought off of Zappos right now. Yeah. For every pair of shoes, they have like five videos. Wow. And one of them is like a guy walking, you know, forward and then across the screen and then backwards. And then there's a video about the guy that just walked in them talking about what it felt like to walk in yeah. them. And this now becomes like way more than just we have a leather size 13 shoe for $200. Yeah. So again, they're still telling the story. They're, they're, they're making an yeah. emotional connection. It seems like what, in what's it like to yeah. wear? In, in the builder world, then is, does it always start with the, the beat up old pickup truck truck out in the country somewhere? And when your grandfather founded the company, <laughs> kind of thing. I've seen so many. That's the builder story. <laughs> That's not the community or the product. No, story. but don't, don't you, you'll tell the builder story too, won't you on, on social media? Oh, uh, Sure. Okay. Separately, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, because I think that, especially when you look at these buyers, they're in so many different phases, right? Somebody that's evaluating different builders probably needs to see some content about the builder story and what that yeah. translates into today for that for that particular builder. But for somebody who's shopping resale, which a reminder: nine out of every ten homes that are sold are resale. 
So instead of tripping over that one with all of our competition, we could be chasing the nine. That buyer that's comparing us to resale, now we have a more compelling story to talk about, right? Yeah. Modern floor plan layouts, uh, modern building codes that exist, mm-hmm. the latest fits and finishes. Yeah, warranties, smart tech, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Let's let let's let's finish up with with I do want to spe- specify younger buyers in this case. Are they all that different in terms of how you and I think I know you answer but I want to ask in terms of, you know, how you reach them, how you communicate with them from relatively older buyers, you know, what what does and doesn't work for for specifically for the younger buyers. So the short answer is they really aren't that different. Yeah. What changes is where you talk to them and maybe a little bit of how you talk to them. Uh, No different within any individual age demographic. You're probably going to encounter the the engineer or the lawyer type of personality that needs talked to in a much different way than the artistic kind of free form personality. We're doing the same thing as we talk to people across generations. So it, it is very daunting sometimes when we talk about millennials or the younger, uh, the younger home buyers. But we really need to step back and you know free ourselves from all these preconceived notions that they're crazy different or they're they're disrupting the way people buy. If at our core we're building really great content and then we're able to deliver it on the appropriate platform, then it's very much the same. Okay, I'm going to end with a pitch for an app. You ready? Oh, okay. Tinder for homes. You swipe left, you swipe right. But I mean, it's fully, you fully look like you're making a date with a home and you just go boom, boom, boom. What do you think? I love it. Uh, (laughs) I I will invest. uh, But unfortunately, during due diligence, we'll find that two other companies are already doing it. I was just going to say that, yeah. I'm confident you'll do it better. (laughs) <laughs> I, i'm just the idea guy i don't know that yeah. i can do the technical technical stuff that's beyond me well we'll, we'll leave it to your listeners to go ahead and okay. just google that because i yeah. think that's funny to show up in somebody's search history <laughs> they already are right now as we yes. speak probably <laughs> well will this has been uh, phenomenal this has been great i i really appreciate you sharing some time with us and talking about social media and home buying man you bet time flies i thought we it were does. two minutes into this thing I know. No. So hopefully you enjoyed this, Ben Will. I'm going to get it right. Will Duderstadt from M.I. Very Homes. Yes. Okay. Very German. I almost over-Germanize it. You know, Duderstadt, but I'm trying <laughs> not to. And we've been talking about social media here on the John Burns Real Estate Consulting New Home Insights Podcast. I'm Dean Worley. Will, please say bye to the folks. Hey, guys. We'll see you on online. All right. See you guys.